Hello, everybody. Josh here. This is part one of my conversation with Mark Asquith, champion bloke, the CEO and co-founder of Rebel Base Media and Captivate.fm and a myriad of other podcasting-related stuff. He's produced his own shows on everything from business and productivity through to more niche kind of nerdy, geeky subjects. So he's done a whole lot on the content side as well. I won't hold you up too much at the start of this episode, but just to reiterate, this is part one of the conversation. We kind of had a meandering get-to-know-each-other chat, which went into some pretty cool places, including the Sarah Connor Chronicles, the TV show, which is, if anyone knows me, has a special place in my heart, through to Mark explaining what exactly does Captivate mean when they say the world's only growth-oriented podcast host. So that's what we covered today. I'll catch back up with you guys at the end of the episode to talk about what's in part two, but I kind of broke my own rule last episode with Jay Soderberg and released this whopping great big long episode that was probably four to five times longer than anything else. So I'm trying to get back a little bit more towards the half an hour mark as opposed to the hour plus mark. So I've said the name and now the word mark about 30,000 times already in this intro. Let's jump in with Mark Asquith co-founder of Captivate.fm and Rebel Base Media, podcaster, and a guy with an almost as good an accent as what I've got. So enjoy that. Let's do it. You're listening to Dead Set Podcasting with your host, Josh Liston. This is a show dedicated to podcasting in Australia, New Zealand, and Southeast Asia. Follow along with today's episode over at deadsetpodcasting.com. Okay, here we go. Welcome back, everybody. I'm here with Mark Asquith from Rebel Base Media. He is the CEO and co-founder of Rebel Base Media, who make a lot of impressive podcasting technology, including Captivate.fm, which I recently moved this very show, Dead Set Podcasting, over to. It was a pleasurable experience and something we'll get into later, the slogan about being the world's only growth-oriented podcast host made no sense to me until I was in the back end. So, welcome, Mark. And, yeah, it's a pleasure having you on the show. I think I mentioned in our pre-chat you're a bit of a kindred spirit to me, and we're going to get into some of that today. <laughs> well, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, I know we've spoken, obviously, via Captivate and via Twitter a number of times. Um, so it's a real pleasure, mate. Honestly, thank you. I agree. It's, uh, we seem to share a lot of different uh, views to other people and, and luckily share them together. So, yeah. yes, it sounds like it'll be a fun one, man. Excellent. And I'm thinking maybe to the outside world, it probably seems like we just dislike the same stuff. More so, that maybe that's where we we agree. We just don't like the same stuff. I think we are, uh, we're probably just more vocal about what we do like, which highlights the things that we don't like a heck of a lot more than people that just don't say anything, <laughs> yes. which is one part of my life that I struggle with. Like, when do you not say anything? And I've still not managed to crack that code, I can tell you. Oh, well, if you do, let me know, because I have that issue too. So <laughs> obviously, if we just want to run through a few of the things that Rebel Base Media do, Mark, so we don't, you know, forget to mention those things. Obviously, there's Captivate.fm, which is pretty incredible podcast hosting but you do a whole bunch of other stuff yeah it's a, it's an interesting scenario really it's one of those like i, I kind of i have to call myself ceo because people want to talk to a ceo and which which makes me feel really weird so we do we just started life off the back of my agency i used to run a design and digital agency and we we used to do web work you know like 
hundreds and hundreds and thousands of websites for people over the the, the preceding decade. Um, so we started life as a as a podcast website company. We still run that product, podcastwebsites.com. And it's a managed WordPress platform and it is what it is. And it is, it's a funny thing that because people always say, well, you do so much stuff. And actually we, we do as the group business, but each, you know, each thing that I do is very specific. I actually don't do loads on all the businesses. I just work on one or two of them very specifically. And each team runs its own kind of little mini cost center, its own little mini business. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a fascinating kind of progression, you know, when you see what, what we've done and it's almost, I wouldn't say it's by accident, but when I got into podcasting in two, I think it's 2013, I never expected, you know, seven, eight years later to be doing this. So yeah, it's weird, man. It's weird to, when people say that back to me, you do a lot of stuff. I'm like, oh, wait a second. I just, do I? All right. <laughs> it's weird. It's always weird to hear it back. There's a lot of stuff in your direct orbit, maybe, is a better way to put that. That's a, a good way of putting it. I appreciate that. <laughs> so with your, I guess, bona fides as an actual podcaster, you haven't come into the space as any kind of a technologist that's looking for a money grab type opportunity. You actually have, you know, a heart kind of for content, I guess, and a mind for content. So in those early days of Rebel Base Media, I'm assuming the previous company, the design agency may not even have been called Rebel Base Media at the time. How did that, were you podcasting first and then podcast websites or did you create the product because you couldn't service your own show or how did that all work? Uh, you've hit the nail on the head there, man. It, like, it was a, a, a prime combination of both those things. So it was, I had this weird kind of, I think this weird, what's the word that I'm looking for? This weird kind of coming together of various different things in around 2013, 2014. One of them was I'd been running a design agency for years and years and years and years. And it was great. Don't get me wrong. We built into a great business. Um, you know, we had nine or 10 team members. It was great. We, we owned a photography studio. We owned a printing company. We were doing work for Adobe and we would, you know, um, Kai, who's a creative director there, who I still work with to this day on, on our branding. You know, he was doing work with the agency for, for people like Adobe and, 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 you know, New York Times and all sorts of crazy things. So it was kind of this fun little business that we had. But then a few different things happened. Like people started to understand that they could pay for things in a different way. And I was really in the UK because I, I've always been a bit of a strategic thinker. And I was just always thinking, well, wait a minute, we could do stuff differently. We could do, we could, we could do productized stuff where we, we actually launched a web platform called Grassroots Web Design to target local businesses. And we were number one in search um, for new business websites. And we got a pile of work through it. And it was basically, look, we'll build you a website, but because you're starting a business up, you're a plumber starting a business up, we'll just charge you like 20, 30, 40, 50 bucks a month, depending on what you want, and with no upfront costs. And this was way before anyone else did the recurring stuff. So that was the first thing. The second thing was I was getting really annoyed with pitching. If you, I did a TEDx talk a couple of years ago, and if you ever watch that talk, it's all about control. And like, I hate pitching the fact that as a design or digital agency, you've got to walk into, into an office with someone that can give you a hundred grand contract. And the person that can say you can have that contract is some jumped up IT professional that doesn't really care about digital marketing or web, but because websites are viewed on computers, it must be IT. It was... And I was getting so annoyed with that. Like, why am I up against this? Like, put me in front of the right people. And when you get in front of the right people, 
obviously you're up against so many others. And it, so that became frustrating. Like, who are these people to control how we grow our business? You know, we can prove that we're excellent at what we do. And why should we kind of work with people that we don't want to work with? Because unlike you and I, we don't share belief systems or ethics or values. Why should we work with those guys just because they're the ones that have got the cash? So that was the second thing that happened. Then the third thing that happened was, this is going to be so random, mate, but the... Um, I love this. DC, <laughs> Honestly, you won't believe it. It's so random. DC Comics relaunched their entire line in 2011. It's called The New 52, right? And I'm a big DC Comics fan. Huge Star Wars fan, huge DC fan. Like, they're my two mythologies. So they launched this new mythology called uh, New 52, which was a reset, a little bit like Crisis on Infinite Earths back in 85. And... I was like, I'm going to get back into comics because they've given me a jumping on point. So then I started reading comics again and a mate of mine, Gazelle, who I now run a Star Wars podcast with, he was like, dude, we should start a website and we should start a podcast and we should talk about all this stuff. And I'm like, why the hell would I want to start a podcast, mate? Like Lost's not on TV anymore. What are we going to talk about? <laughs> and it was like this really weird <laughs> thing that happened. So put all these three things together, right? I'm a little bit disenchanted with the business. The, the kind of SaaS model, this is pre-Adobe moving MRI. Like they weren't doing monthly recurring. You still had to buy Creative Suite outright. Uh, it's pre-Microsoft doing it. It's pre-real Netflix. It's like they were just still sending DVDs out and so on and so forth. And then the third thing that happened, because DC did this thing, you know, I, I ended up starting to podcast. And then very quickly what happened was, I wanted to, um, I was on holiday, I went away and I was like, there's so many people local to me. Because the business was growing, the agency, there's so many people asking my advice on things. And I was like, I should just bloody record this. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, I'll start a podcast. Because I'd already got this DC Comics podcast, I had the mic for it, you know, I had a cheap little blue snowball mic. And I was like, yeah, I should start this business podcast. So I did. And this was 2014. <laughs> and I launched the podcast on International Podcast Day. Dave and Steve um, supported me very much on that. On International Podcast Day 2014, September 30th. And in October, like a week later, Podcast Websites was born. Because I was like, why is linking my podcast host that I was using at the time to my website such a pain? And why does it look crap? And... <laughs> It was because I had that background in WordPress. I just thought to myself, do you know what? We'll spin a business up. We'll partner with uh, JLD from EO Fire to try and launch this product. Bring Kieran in, who was our CTO at Rebel Base Media, as the developer on it. And let's just, let's just try it. Let's just see if we can create an MRR website as a service product. And we did, and it instantly took off. Um, and a lot of that in large part was due to John having his audience uh, and, 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 and really kind of helping us out with that, you know, really giving us a foot in the podcasting world. And that was back in 2014. And we've still got that business. It's still got its own team run by Lester. It's still doing really well. It still grows. We still innovate on it. And that's where it all started, man. And then the, the other products, they, they were all, all a response to, well, wait a second, we could do this a little bit better, or here's a... Here's a different type of solution to this problem. Uh, and that's where it all came from, man. Yeah, so it was just from what you're telling me, Mark, it was a strange coalescence of an interest that you had and solving a business problem and also the potential of podcasting all kind of just smashed together into a few-year period there. It's funny when you say back in 2014, 
that to me, it always catches me off guard when I think, <laughs> wait a sec, that's six years ago. That's ages ago. Know, right? <laughs> like just, I'm only just getting used to people saying back in 2013, complete, complete tangent. It's so random that just to just just to jump in, jump in on that dude, right? Yeah. Year 2000 to me is still like five years ago. <laughs> yes, I agree. And I was thinking, there's a band from Alaska that I like called 36 Crazy Fists, and they released an album in 2003 that I still think is a really good album. And at the time, it was kind of maligned for not being in the scene that was popular. It kind of had a different sound. And I was mm-hmm. thinking the other day, that album is now more than 17 years old, and I was in a university computer lab trying to stream it over <laughs> the internet, and it still feels new. But when I think when I hear 2014, that now feels like you know 18,000 years ago. <laughs> so it's weird how time plays funny buggers like that (laughs) so it really is man it really is another tangent so if we just go back maybe to one more thing mark and this might be the random crazy tangent episode everyone who's listening so get ready i discovered podcasting as something that i might want to do myself years before i started when i went looking for information as to what happened after the finale of the second season of Sarah Connor Chronicles, the Terminator TV show, which I what, which I really this is the tangent. Yes, I really loved that show and the cliffhanger. I was like, they they can't leave a show like that. That's the biggest cliffhanger ever. And I went online, dude. It was genius. (laughs) I went online and googled season three, and all that came back was podcasts talking about how it was cancelled. So that was my introduction into the space was hearing people that deeply cared about something, share, I guess, a little, not misery, because, I mean, it's a TV show, that's a bit extreme, but share their disappointment that something was not going to be there. And the cast and crew also sharing that disappointment at the same time. And, I mean, we could talk Terminator because it sounds like you want to, but, (laughs) I mean, I'm always down for that. But was there a pivotal show or moment that maybe before DC, before all the stuff with podcast websites where you heard a podcast and you thought, wow, that's pretty awesome. It was a similar scenario to what you've just said. So first up, like, we'll not go Terminator because that, you know, that could be a long, long, long conversation. But like Sarah Connor Chronicles, first up, was brilliant. That ending was outstanding. Brilliant. It was genius. What a cliffhanger. Yeah. But we do digress. Um, (laughs) That show for me was, it was Kevin Smith, Fat Man on Batman. So I would, like I've like I said, I've always been a DC guy, and uh, I used to listen to Kevin Smith's Fat Man on Batman because way before he was like out, kind of outsourcing it a bit to Mark Bernadine, which he does a little bit more of now. When it was just him and like he used to have Scott Moser on there, he'd have Mark Bernadine guessing, he'd have Ralph on there, and like Jay Muse would maybe pop up now and again if you if you're a fan of Jane Silent Bob. So I used to listen to that, and he'd get like these amazing artists on. So he'd get like Greg Capullo, who's doing an amazing Batman run. He'd get Scott Snyder on there. He's had Adam West on there. He's had uh, Michael Uslan, who commissions and is still to this day is the producer of all Batman films. Uh, I think still to this day. And like it was just an amazing gateway. And one of the interesting stories with that was we actually spoke at a podcast movement conference together about four years later. Uh, um, yeah. He was the keynote and I was, I was uh, on one of the other stages and we, he, he, he wrote a couple of really pivotal comic books, Daredevil and Green Arrow and a couple of Batman things. And he also directs an episode of the flash, which came out just before podcast movement. And I was, I was 
one of the luckiest people ever to be able to have like a 15 minute conversation with him and say like, dude, number one, let's talk flash. Let's talk green. Iron. And we did like, it was amazing. A total geek dream come true. And then the second thing was, cause he's a real sentimental guy. He's a real emotional guy. And I said to him, listen, man, you know, your show got me listening to podcasts and I still listen to it. And I would not know about podcasts if it wasn't for you and my friend Gaz getting me into it. And yours was the first show that I properly listened to. And now because of that, I've now got a business that's able to pay people um, and allow them to pay their mortgage and have a better life working from where they want. And he was, and, and that is a, a real full circle thing. And he, he was, he was just, he was, he kind of got a little bit emotional about that. He was like, dude, this has blown me away. So I got into it because of, or the first podcast I listened to was Kevin Smith, Fat Man on Batman, which still runs to this day. And an absolute classic of a podcast too. So yeah, it really is. Everyone's probably thinking, are you going to talk about podcasting or just mask that you're just massive nerds with British and Australian accents? So we might get to that if that's right, Mark. So go on then. <laughs> so there's one thing that I've wanted to ask you, and I'm sure that you've been asked a lot, but I've never heard you ask directly. And I'm not going to say this in a Batman voice. I'll just say it in my normal voice. Quote, the world's only growth-oriented podcast host. End quote. That's a bold statement. And honestly, I was wondering what that meant until I was in the back end of your product. And it's really only a few other things, including the guys at Wooshka that I've seen have created something that I think is beautiful in the same way with simplicity, but it really is growth oriented. And can you tell me what you meant by that? And then maybe I can explain to yourself and the audience what, how I feel about that now. Is that cool? Of course it is. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. So it was, there's a few layers to this. The first layer is that it was, it was a vision. You know, we worked prior to building Captivate, we had podcast websites for years and, you know, we worked with thousands of podcasts. I just, you know, I went, I was very keen early on to do my time. You know, I didn't want to come into the podcasting space like so many are now because they see a bit of cash in there and think I could solve every problem and even create problems that didn't exist just to make some money. I didn't want to do that. Uh, so what I did was I did my time. You know, I, I very early on invested a heck of a lot of my own personal money, uh, a lot of my, you know, company money as well into going to conferences and speaking at conferences and getting to know everyone in the industry before I did anything except podcast websites, whereby nothing existed like podcast websites back in those days. So I was very careful to come into this space properly and respectfully. And one of the things that we noticed was that no one really cares about your audience growth. And I still believe that they don't unless they're going to sell you something that is a course or something that will quote unquote help you. So what I wanted to do with Captivate and really set our stall out to do was to say, look, what we're going to do is we're going to filter every decision that we make around Captivate through the question, does it help us to grow in some way as an audience and as a podcaster? Does it help me to get more downloads, more listeners, build my credibility, my influence? Does it help me to do one or many of these things? And so that's the first thing. It acts as a filter for us when it comes to features. The second thing, frankly, I'm a marketer, it made some noise. And it got the other host saying, well, wait a minute, are it's you telling me that- brilliant quote. Like, as far as the tagline, it's the best in the industry by a mile. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And it really, like, so we're, you know, we're in a number number of positions with, with other hosting companies and we know them all well. You know, we're very, very close with every one of the top hosts. And, you know, we built friendships with them. We spend time together. We drink together. We eat together. But 
even some of those guys came back and were like, dude, what are you saying? Like, you're saying that we don't care about our audience growth? And my answer was, well, show me what you've done. Show me that you do care. Like, show me what you've done. Rather than taking someone's files and distributing them to Apple via an RSS feed, what else have you done? And they fell silent. So that was the first thing, was to kind of make some noise, but also ruffle a few feathers. You know, we had to be taken seriously very quickly. And instantly... You know, now it's it's Wednesday the thirteenth of May. We're recording this. Captivate is still only eight and a half months old, and it feels like it's been there forever because of the level that that tagline has given us. You know, so we wanted to come into that space, and then the third layer was that we had to be really highly branded. I'm a big believer in brand. You know, you, I would talk to you like I would talk to Jeff Bezos. I would talk to you like I talked to my mum or Sam, my girlfriend. Like we all, I've got the same respect for everyone. And I'm a big believer in that being my brand and our brand. So when we launched Captivate, not only was it highly branded visually, you know, being a former design agency owner, that was one of the big things for me. So much so that I got our old creative director, Kai Wilkinson, to do the branding because I believed in him that much that I knew he'd get our turn. So when we launched with that tagline, we also launched with a brand that wasn't like a startup. It wasn't like a it wasn't like a brand that was new that was finding its feet. It came out of the blocks real hard swinging. And then the last layer to that tagline, which I realize is probably a way longer answer than you expected, but the, longer, the, the last better. layer to it, it oh, good, yeah. <clears throat> that's all right. So the last layer to it was that what we, what we do and one of our mantras is that the only thing that other podcast hosts can do is charge you more by taking things away. The only way for them to grow their business is to say, right, let's build an analytics package and then turn off advanced analytics and charge you more to get them back on. Let's limit your uploads. Let's limit the time you can record or the time, the number of hours that you can store. There's some way, shape or form, they limit you. However, they also limit you with your bandwidth and your downloads. But 90% of podcasters don't tell you that. They just bury it in the T's and C's. Every single podcast host on the planet has got download limits. Even whether you see on their website or not, look at their T's and C's, they've got bandwidth limits. We decided that we were going to use that tagline and we were going to price our platform based purely on your growth. So you only charge, uh, sorry, you only pay more if you hit really highly significant download numbers because you're going to pay more with other hosts for those anyway. We just tell you about it. But then what we did, the last part of this, is that by having that mindset, it held us accountable. And what I mean by that is we set out very clearly to say everything that we believe that a podcast host should give you, we will give you on every package regardless of how much you pay. So if you're starting a podcast, you get advanced analytics, you get unlimited uploads, you get all the features that we release, you get them. So everything that a standard good quality, world-class podcast host should do, you get that as part of Captivate. And the reason for that is very simple. By doing that, it forces us to innovate and to really hit that tagline. So we can create features like the one-click sponsor kit, like the calls to action, like the embeddable playlist player, like the full transparency mode, stuff that not any other host is doing. Because we have to keep innovating to hit that target. And that's why we did it. You know, we will never charge you for more 
just because we want to take something away to make more revenue from you. If we ever introduce extras, you know, pay 10 bucks a month extra for X, if we ever introduce that, it will be for something so innovative that you will need it and want it. It won't be for something that we take away like all the other hosts do. So that's the reason for the tagline. It's a multifaceted reason, but it's really important to the brand. Well, as I said before, it's a brilliant tagline and hearing you articulate it, Mark, really fills in a couple of the holes that I had, the previous version of me, particularly before I used the product. And I'm sure that there's a lot of people out there that even if they weren't really thinking about it like I was, have probably thought at one time or another, I wonder what that actually means. So thank you for, I'm not really into reductionist answers. I'm into the long answers because I think that's really where the gold is. So just before we move on from the product itself, I just wanted to just maybe give you my experience. Mm. When I started podcasting in 2012, my number one thing was I was moving into an IT role where I had a lot of technical pressure on me day to day. I wanted a rock solid option. And my number one thing was, does it have RSS feed integrity? And will it, do I need to do anything, patch anything, uninstall plugins and reinstall things? So at the time I went with one of the major hosts. And at the time also, I'm not sure if you remember this, Mark, I'm not sure how the how the euro or whatever was going at the time or the the pound, but the Australian dollar when I started was in a peak period, basically in its history, where I was at parity with the US dollar. And part of the reason why I moved to Captivate, and it's a bit of a selfish financial reason, is I like to start podcasts whenever I want. And a lot of them don't work out, whether it's to learn something or just to get something out in the world. And then I realize, ah, I thought I had 100 episodes in me, but I had five. The fact that you guys are charging one price and that obviously that particular unit of price will be impacted by exchange rate variation. I'm not piling account and account and account and account on top of each other. Just say I've got five traditional accounts and they're all $7 US. At the moment, that's about 65 cents to the dollar. So it's over $10. I would have to have 50 US dollars worth of accounts and then that in Australian dollars like it just gets out of control (laughs) and it's something that not a lot of people think about that if you're not in the US you're actually riding the wave of things like exchange rates so you guys having unlimited shows means that if I want to leave it as one show dead set podcasting I feel I'm getting value but if I want to experiment over the next couple of years with a half a dozen different shows I don't have to worry about sending myself broke doing it and I'm not sure if you've had that exact feedback, but I mean, other than the product's beautiful, which is, yeah, obviously from design to functionality to how it works. But I think it's also important that to if people want to grow, it might not be in that first show they do. Their growth might come in their second or third show, and you're actually allowing for that, which is cool. Dude, you, you articulated perfectly why we chose the pricing model, so I really appreciate that. Um, you know, Kieran and I went back and forth a heck of a lot on this around what the best pricing model is. And not only does that help keep us accountable for being innovative when it comes to growth tech and, and allowing you to help, um, you know, get help to grow your show through the tech, but it, it, it does it does make it clear. And we see this so much, like we, we do so many regular podcaster surveys and we see so many podcasters and talk to them. And, you know, we're really around podcasters every day that, 
you know, the vast majority of podcasters are independents. They're not Wondery. They're not. They're not um, some of the bigger groups out there. Podcast ones and Midroll. You know, they're not. They're not these people. What they are is an independent like you and I that that absolutely cuts their teeth on one podcast and then absolutely wants to try another podcast too because. You know, they find a mate that loves Star Wars and they create a Star Wars show and that becomes their favourite show. And somehow, somewhere, it takes off. So you are absolutely right, mate. Like, that is an independent podcaster's process. One of our kind of earlier marketing campaigns when we first launched was that we didn't want to punish creativity. Because, like you said, you know, if you want to spin a show up, like, why do I have to go through this process of putting a card in again? Or, but why do I need to pay for this? It's silly. I might only do four episodes. Or you want to do an evergreen podcast that just exists and it's one season of six episodes. In my view, you shouldn't be paying for that. What you should be paying for is is where where you really see the value. So yeah, I, I think you've articulated that perfectly, dude. Really, really do. Okay, okay. Mark has a cooler accent than me. It's true. I shouldn't have said that in the intro. Sorry, Mark. Sorry to everybody that had to bear with that. It obviously was a complete lie, and Mark's accent is far superior to mine. Not only that, he's a champion guy, as you heard in that first part of that conversation, and in the next half of the conversation, we actually delve into stuff that's a bit more precise, I guess, and really content oriented to do with podcasting but also we talk about the mindset around how you treat your show whether you treat it like a business and whether it really is a business or just a hobby and how those things kind of all interrelate and Mark has some really great insight into that so I hope you check back in with the next episode you'll get another double dose of the double accent so if you're listening from Australia or the UK you're probably thinking well you guys don't have accents correct But as it stands at the moment, the majority of the audience that's listening to this is in North America, so that's just a bit of insight into how the show's tracking at the moment. Obviously, the goal is for Deadset Podcasting to be more global in perspective. The idea is for Deadset Podcasting to be the world's only globally-oriented podcast about podcasting, just to borrow a phrase from Mark and his own company. And yeah, so if you're out in the world somewhere outside of North America particularly, I'd love to hear from you so we can hopefully get you on the show to share your experiences and talk about how the place you live, where you grew up or where you're based now, influences your podcast and how your podcast maybe helps impact both where you live and the broader world. I'd love to know all that stuff. At Joshua C. Liston on Twitter and Instagram. At Joshua C. Liston on Facebook. To support the show, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash deadsetpod or just go to Deadset Podcasting, click on the support tab and there's a few other options there, including a link to buy me a coffee if you don't want to bother remembering that URL. So that's cool. I'd love your support. Any form of support would be appreciated, but really I'm just happy that you're listening and hopefully getting something out of the show. And if it is good or you're finding it valuable, just share it with a friend. That's how these things grow. So we'll be back with Mark Asquith again in the next episode. My name's Josh. And once again, have a good week. You're Deadset Legends. Cheers. This episode was edited by Deadset Podcasting 
If you want your podcast to sound this good, check out deadsetpodcasting.com forward slash services. Get the sound you're chasing.